show my guest today is sasha wolf and sasha's actually a repeat guest and normally i would uh call those half frame episodes but we were having such a fantastic conversation about her new book photo work 40 photographers on process and practice that we uh basically ran full frame (laughs) so it's a full episode uh and it's fantastic but before we get to that just a quick reminder edwin j torres's show murder in the 4-0 dispatches from the bronx opens this Monday, December 2nd, and the reception is Thursday, December 12th from 5 to 7 p.m. Wish us luck that we have decent weather. Uh, And if you can make it down to the JKC Gallery, please do. Again, you can find out more information at mccc.edu forward slash JKC Gallery, all one word. So if you don't know Sasha Wolf, then you need this book. Uh, Also, you can uh, listen to episode 27, where Kai McBride and I spoke with Sasha just a few weeks before her final closing show at her Lower East Side Gallery. And that's what leads to Sasha Wolf Projects, which is a private art space that Sasha runs out of her home. And it is amazing. It's the first time that I've seen the space. And of course, as you can imagine, it's filled with fantastic photography from all of the great artists that she represents. And I got my own private tour, which was just a thrill. So Sasha Wolf is an art dealer, a curator, and most recently, the creator and editor of the aforementioned photo workbook. Uh, She's also one of the most generous people in the photo world uh, with her time and her advice. And that is a big reason uh, for wanting to create this book. Uh, We'll talk about it a bit in the episode, but Sasha was having conversations with young or starting out photographers who felt a little adrift, who had not really connected with mentors. So we have this fantastic conversation about putting this book together from creating the questions to picking the photographers to the experience of reading the responses. And I share some of my reactions to reading the book, but Sasha also shares her reaction to getting the answers back and how exciting it was for her and how much fun she has reading the book. So if you are here in the States and you just finished Thanksgiving, happy Thanksgiving. And if you are now looking for gift ideas, I think this book makes a nice gift for your photographer friend child uh, relative Uh, also if you are uh, a photographer an artist this book also makes a wonderful gift to yourself and you can shop local and buy it at aperture if you're around new york city or possibly you still have a bookstore in your neighborhood whether it's family owned or a chain bookstore there are still a few of those and i'm sure you could find it there or at least get it ordered for you and of course you could always just shout into your ever listening devices around your home and say order me photo work by sasha wolf and just a, a quick note uh, the first two minutes of the episode are sasha and i talking about our dogs and you come in a little bit in the middle of the conversation. Sasha's talking about Peanut, her dog, and I'm talking about Susie, my dog. And I let this one run a little longer than I normally do at the beginning of the episode because it was such a fun and warm and friendly conversation. I thought you might enjoy it. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the holidays, and we will talk soon. go up to dogs who are on leash and, be, and run up to them and be like, ah! And 
If the dog was off leash, she would never do that. I mean, it's, oh, right. it's you know. Right. Oh, the fence wasn't there. Yeah, Susie right. Exactly. It's just so obnoxious. She would never. I do tell that. Peanut, I'm trying to get her to understand do unto <laughs> others, but oh know, yeah, <laughs> the golden rule. <laughs> and then my neighbor comes out, and she has to bring the dogs in. Yeah. Because <laughs> now like, all I'm worked I'm really up. sorry, my dog's an asshole. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> She knows exactly what yeah. she's doing. What, and what kind of a mix is your dog? She is terrier and... Such a terrier thing to do. Yep. It's so funny. Feist hound, which is a southern hunting dog. It's yeah, I love hounds. I'll yeah. bet you I would love your dog. Oh, yeah. No, I th and, and they might even get I yeah, love yeah. hounds. And, that, and that, a lot of uh, her... A lot of the way she acts, I think it, it, it's very hound, it, the loyalty, the yeah. taking care of the family, yeah. the, the yeah. shepherding almost. It's great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I love dog dogs. Like, I like a dog that look, when it looks at you, you feel you have to give it whatever you're eating because it has pretty right, eyes. Right. That's right? right. Like, that's a dog to me. <laughs> I mean, and there's so many dogs, as you and I know, that need homes and are so grateful. Go to a shelter and save a dog from being killed or yeah. living out its life in a cage. And don't, even, don't even mention cats. I mean, yeah, yeah I, I mean, know. Yeah, my, my sister uh, works for a cat shelter. Yeah, and uh, she, at, at one point she was fostering like thirteen cats yeah. in her home. And because like, how? Yeah, yeah. And that's why I don't go near shelters. I'd be like, oh yeah, I know. Well, we we had two rescue greyhounds, two full size rescue oh, greyhounds. They're such great dogs. And a tiny house. Yeah. They were just they took over the yeah. house. And uh, then when we had kids, we decided to go a little smaller, a little more playful. Greyhounds are incredibly great pets for adults, yeah. not so much for kids. Yeah, and, they're um, great dogs. We see them in the park yeah. sometimes. But we had no plans on rescuing another dog yeah. <laughs> until yeah. they were outside of the... Uh, yeah, um, I know. And yeah. then you're like, okay. <laughs> yeah, Trader Joe's. Yeah. yeah. So thank you, Sasha, for uh, uh, giving me a little extra time to uh, recover from my cold. Of course. <laughs> I mean, I work a lot on the weekends. And in uh -huh. fact, often I take Monday off, although that's not... So it, my weekends are off, like my assistant's usually here on the weekends because yeah. he has another job. I can't afford him full time. Uh -huh. And he was an intern when I had the gower. Like, so we, we go way back. And so, yeah, it's weekends are great. And oh, it's, good. It's usually good, yeah, good. no problem. Yeah. And since you gave up the actual gallery space and yep. you do the, the projects work now, right? Yeah. Um, do you still have the, the building in the Lower East Side? No, got oh, rid of okay. it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, all right. Got so everything is out of here now. Everything's out of here, which yeah. is how I started. Oh, um, wow. So I don't know if you noticed in the other room, but there's, you know, two 12-foot ledges and there's an amazing lighting system. The and only thing I noticed was that you have this incredible There's art everywhere. On the wall. I'll it's show like, you. It's amazing. I'll show you. <laughs> we'll look at the showroom. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> after but you'll see that there's sets of flat files like it's set up beautifully it's really functions really well and I don't think I'd be able to represent the artists I represent who are some of whom you know extremely I think important and yeah you know um without having had the gallery for 10 years so but it's for me this is a lot better I mm. I I didn't really like having a store, which is what it is. Yeah. You know, like a public space where people go in and out and, you know, you get a lot of people coming in who just are really not that interested, but they're sort of going in and out of stores. Yes. And yeah. that's just, it wasn't for me, really. So 
the minute I let go of the space, I was able to start working on the book, which I had wanted to do. You know, it's, it's just given me time to do all these other projects well, and you, still represent 14 artists. That's it. You still represent the, the yeah. people who are in your gallery, who are oh, part of your gallery. And I've yeah. added. I added Doug mm. Dubois. Oh, yeah. I so mean, Doug's in the book. Yeah. I yeah. added Chuck Kelton, Doug Dubois over the past couple of years, and I'm, I'm, I'm not going to say who yet, but I'm about to add another artist who's very <laughs> you're trying to figure out how to say it without saying it um you know he's he's very um it's a he it's a he and uh yeah he's um you know in the conversation mm -hmm. in our community a lot oh, good right now well this and, is exciting we'll, we'll uh, have something to look forward to so, yeah. yeah yeah but but the book you gave me a great segue yeah the book photo work 40 photographers on process and practice yeah. is fantastic thank you and everybody i know who's reading it loves it thank and you it's That's just so great. good appreciate that um and and i'll talk about the experience i had reading it because yeah. I, I what i did was i i read it quickly to get ready for this show and i realized that's not the way to read the book I mean, you can breeze through, but but then when I went back, what I did was I I went back and I started with the photographers I knew. Yep. And that's that's just so much fun. It is. Yep. And then the photographers I knew less or don't know at all. Yep. And then that's just you're just learning, and it's amazing. Yeah. And so that that was great. But you mentioned that you started the you, you thought of the book because um, of the experience you had with young photographers or or new photographers who. Feel adrift. Actually, those are your words. You yep. have felt adrift. You want to talk about that a, a little bit? Yeah, sure. I mean, I think a lot of the work I do and the way I approach working with artists and how that sort of segued into doing the book and my thinking about all of this, a lot of it is also uh, connected to my own past as a maker of things. So, you know, I graduated with a literature and creative writing degree from purchase. But, you know, I also had been studying photography since I was in high school and then started studying filmmaking. And then after I graduated from purchase a few years later, I wound up going through the intensive film program at NYU. And I also had a parent, my dad, um, made television commercials. I grew up around and I worked for my dad when I was still in college. So my sort of immersion in, you know, moving pictures was very intense, you know, even by my early 20s. And, you know, when I started um, making films, I made short films, which is, you know, there's nowhere to go. I mean, there's just, you know, <laughs> um, but that was just <laughs> sort of silly. But I also wrote short stories when I was focusing on prose. I just, that's just the way I think. And, you know, it was always going to be a tough road for me, but I really loved it. I mean, I, I loved it and I hated it, but mm. I, I, I hated it because of how hard it was and, and the obstacles. And, 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 and there was also a lot of just incredible angst that all artists face over the blank page. And, you know, will anyone understand what I'm doing? Is it worth anything, et cetera, yeah. et cetera, all those right. things. But Some kind of validation from someone. Yeah, right? totally. But, you know, my, my, the last film, the last short film I made, which was a long time ago, but was nominated in the short film category for the Palm d'Or at Cannes. And I mentioned that, A, to brag, <laughs> and B, <laughs> uh, no, I really, I mentioned it because 
in a lot of ways, when that happened, you know, there was a lot of good things sort of came my way, a lot of recognition. I won't get into all, all of that, but I have thought a lot over the years about, you know, why did I stop making films and transition into opening a, a gallery and representing artists? And I think most of my reasons are I feel really good about because they come from a very positive place. I really, really love working with artists. I'm obsessed with photography. I have been since I was about 14. Mm. So, you know, I, I really do think that for the most part, I feel really good that, that it's a positive trajectory. But, but there's no question that I didn't, I didn't have a mentor. And a lot of things for me... This is through your film career? Yeah, when yeah. I was a filmmaker. And mm -hmm. I do think there's a possibility that if I'd had a mentor, someone who was teaching me the ropes, what to do next, what I should have done after Cannes when I had all that sort of spotlight on me, I didn't know what to do. I was just completely lost. And so I do feel very sympathetic to the idea that, you know, we have sort of one life to live. And, you know, the more we can make choices that are based on knowledge and the less we feel like we're making choices because we just don't know what else to do, <laughs> I think it makes for happier people and happier people make for a better planet. So I do think it's just really important to, you know, help people out with, you know, as much, you know, information sharing as possible, especially when you get to a certain point in your career and you really have information to share. Mm. And... I have a bit of a pet peeve with a lot of things that are written in the art world where they're just so so dense and impenetrable yeah. and you don't really feel like you're getting to know the person. You don't you certainly don't feel like you're you're getting to know or understand their process of making work at all. I just I just really have felt for a long time like these things were not were not really being shared. Yeah, I think there's a there's a place for a good academic treatise when you're researching and studying and, and looking into a subject, but, but that's, not the, that's not the voice you need for inspiration, right? Or encouragement. Or guidance, right, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I, just, I just think some of the most basic things were sort of not known to a lot of artists, and so that was the motivation to, to do the book, to sort of see if we could open that up a bit and, you know, help people out. Yeah, you, well, you mentioned Robert Adams as an inspiration for you. Yeah, huge, yeah. And, and uh, the book, <laughs> Beauty and Photography, yep. Defense of Traditional Values, yep. right? And that is a book I've gone to back and forth, so too. So good, yeah, Especially, so great. I remember in the late 80s, early 90s, where everybody was throwing around the word beauty, and I had no idea what that meant. Yep. And, and so, yeah, that was one of the books I just kept going to. And then the other one was uh, um, George Santayana, on beauty, who a philosopher who who wrote about the idea of the thing that gives us pleasure, and, and but with Robert Adams, did you also consider? Did you know Robert Adams when you were reading the book? Right? No, I right. I've, I've still never met. Oh wow, um, Bob as <laughs> <laughs> as you want to call him. <laughs> but yeah. you know, I was first of all, you have to write to him. He doesn't do mm -hmm. email. Yeah. So, but yeah, it was a no-brainer to see if he would contribute to the book. And 
Aperture was nice enough to share his mailing address oh, okay. with me. <laughs> so, but what I, before we get yeah. to that, did you think of his book as also a part of a, a kind of mentorship, the way you, you hope this book can provide yes. I mean, guidance? Yes, for me. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, one thing that I think people don't realize is sometimes like I get cranky with young artists who I meet at portfolio reviews or whatever, when it's clear they haven't really done any homework. And it's, you know, I always say to them in as nice a way possible without being too school marmy, although I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure that that comes, comes out sometimes. But, you know, I do a lot of homework. Mm. I mean, you know, I have to do a, a ton of work myself. And, you know, there are days where I just, you know, sit in my office and, you know, go through essays on photography, as well as looking through new photo books, whether I love the artist or not, right, you know, so, right. you know, a book like Beauty and Photography was really important for me, for my learning. Mm -hmm. And and one thing that was just really clear to me is I'm not, I don't consider myself an intellectual at all. I'm very, you know, I speak very plainly, and I don't, you know, think in very didactic terms. But a book like Beauty and Photography is really accessible. It's, yes. a, it's a book that you want to sort of carry with you, throw in your backpack. I mean, I've literally, it's my relationship with it is, you know, I knew I wanted to do a book that felt like that. Well, I think the, the beauty of a book like this is it seems, it is very plain spoken and, 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 and photographers are giving very straightforward answers, very beautiful answers, but it's in there. It's in their thought. You can hear them thinking out loud when they're giving the answers. And I think it's in that thought process that it's, it also becomes very philosophical. Yeah. That, that you can feel the, the, the weight of the decisions that they are talking about. So, you know, all that is by design. I mean, let me just say that the, you know, give you the sort of nuts and bolts background. The book, you know, I designed the book to be a, a chocolate shake where I had slipped in a bunch of vegetables, <laughs> you know? So yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'd slipped in some avocado and, <laughs> and uh, which is a fruit, but anyway. That's um, right. And, and a bunch of things that were good for you, but the package sort of feels like a yummy chocolate shake. I mean, so everything from the way you can flip through it, the flaps on the side so that you can mark your pay to mm -hmm. two artists that you're comparing and contract all that was the way you saw my uh, post-it notes all over <laughs> I did and I have the same thing in my yeah. book you know <laughs> Aperture gave me the book I asked for you know I went in and I said this is the book I've been thinking about for years I, I want it to feel like in the way I wanted people to sort of interact with it and they were like you can have that book and they gave me you know an amazing team an amazing designer and it's the book I wanted, except a thousand times more beautiful. And, <laughs> but every artist, first of all, the questions are designed so that you can't go off on philosophical tangents. That's, the, that's why the questions are so plain in a way. <laughs> and every artist, I asked every artist to please refrain from art speak they were you know they were told i you know that you know if there was art speak i wasn't going to be able to use it so it, we couldn't have outliers so everyone was asked you know now look there's a little bit of a range there sure but i mean someone's you know this is, is not voice. a coincidence yeah. Yeah. that you find it very easy to read I, it was crucial the single most important thing to me was that people speak in plain language because I knew that would 
it was the best chance I had that people would actually read it, you know, <laughs> from beginning to end and not get like hung up and sort of burnt out. I really wanted it to be fun. And so that was yeah. the plan. Yeah. And and then the layout is is really nice as well because there there's the big quote yeah. at the beginning. And and you even have the the little black marks. I don't know what they're called, the edge page, the edges. I'm looking at it right now. The that that write up like an like kind of an old encyclopedia, almost like a like a a, a research book, right? Yeah. That there are markings on the sides of the pages and all yeah. that. It's really nice. Thank you. Yeah. Brian Paul Ramat was the designer and would work with that know. guy again in a second. The end, so I, just to sort of lay it out a little bit, everybody was given the same set of questions. That's correct. But there are some variations in the openers, on the on the opening pages for each photographer. Yeah. There's a, a personal question, your first yeah. first meaningful book, first, and but not everyone answered all the same questions. There's right. a variation on that. How did, how did that work? Yep, so that came about in a meeting with my Aperture crew once the book was almost done, and... You know, I can't stand long bios that no one reads. You know, they're just so obnoxious. And everyone at the table, um, Leslie Martin, Samantha Marlowe, felt the same way, that we didn't really just need these, like, 5,000-word biographies. So, you know, I think it was really a group sort of we were brainstorming about how to make that page more fun and we came up with fun facts and then we just started riffing about what those might be and we asked people to just you know answer the ones they wanted to answer so you know at that point we didn't we were done bossing everyone around (laughs) (laughs) and you know we look you know you have to go back to people it's not like i would i would reach out to people and they'd give me exactly what i wanted jump all over it. right i had to go back to people i mean people were great about contributing saying that they would do it and this is you know 20 years of building up a certain amount of goodwill right this is the 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 moral of the story is be nice to people um (laughs) and but even so, I'd have to go back to people many times and say, can you just flush this out a little bit more? Can you add a little bit more here? Are you, you know, there were a few times where I was a little bit worried about some answers that I thought maybe they were cranky in a way that wasn't going to make the person look great. Yeah. Or, you know, so just, just little, th- you know, things that just, you know, there's 40 artists in the book. There's actually 41, but anyway. Um, <laughs> And oh, now that sounds like something I have to go count. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty funny. Um, and at a certain point when we got to the fun facts, yeah, we were sort of done, like, you know, browbeating everyone. And Let so, them do it, right? yeah. yeah. And, and also we knew that some people wouldn't really have much to say about certain things or. I think it's really fascinating that that's a different experience for everyone. Like they yeah. didn't have a book. They didn't have a big show. They didn't that's have the right. show. They didn't have the yep. this or that. I think that's. What they didn't include is just as interesting. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, absolutely. You know, speaking of um, having, you know, basically 41, 40 uh, different personalities and, 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 and how to deal with it. So I, I love the way the answers are so different and everybody approaches things with, with, within a very tight framework. There's, yep. there's such great variation. And, and I think that's fascinating. But, um, you know, I, I, Eleanor Carucci yeah. has this very direct, confident way of answering the questions. Yeah. Like she's not gonna, she's not gonna entertain uh, an idea she doesn't believe in, right? She's not gonna, she's not gonna come up with a, an answer that that uh, she thinks someone might want, would want to hear, and she just she just laid it out there. It's like uh, yep. this is my voice, 
and uh, you know, forget the genre, right? She actually says "fuck the genre" or something right. like that, right? Yeah. yeah. And and then someone like uh, Matthew Connor, who I actually wasn't familiar with, and that's also the beauty of the book. When I, after I read Matthew Connor, I went up and I looked up Matthew Connor. It's, yeah, great, you know, incredible work. Yeah. And uh, his answers are so much more in between the yep. spaces of everything, right? Yep. Um, it's a little bit of this, a little bit of that, you know, and and so that that's that's sort of the beauty of it is th- there's there's no right answer. That's right? the whole point of the book. Yeah. That, that's it. I mean, I that's I really wanted people who are, you know, it's very common for people th- to think they're struggling because they don't know the answer. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really important for people to know there is no one right answer. Now, having said that, I think there's a ton of wisdom in the book yeah. that you can draw from that is an answer for you that will work yeah. for you. But there is no one right way of having a career, making work, thinking about your work. Of course there isn't. Mm-hmm. And so you have to just figure out, you know, what works for you, what, you know, what mode of working is is best for you and and feel confident in yeah. it. Yeah. Well, the other comforting actually note of the book is that you're supposed to be struggling with these questions yes you're supposed to be struggling with you know do i need to worry about genre should i be how do i want to fit into a genre or you know and do i have a voice should i aspire to other voices right or should i be happy with this voice and and no right answer again i mean i think photographers work really well when they look at other voices and photographers work really well when they just confident in their own voice just well i mean i think what you see is that in the book is for some people, of course, like their voice is to not stick with the voice in a way. That's right. That is who they are. And then for other people, that's really, you know, a sort of form and they they can't relate to that, Mm -hmm. you know, that they at a certain point, you know, what, what comes out of them naturally just felt or feels extremely dominant. And they are just following that and going with that and yeah i thought i thought mark steinmetz's answers were also so inspiring and so interesting he he speaks very poetically yes when he speaks and you know the i the the way he's able to look at things sort of forwards and backwards and his answers i thought were really interesting the idea of his film he didn't think his film photography was particularly distinctive and um, and by design until digital digital photography came along and he found his work became more distinctive only because digital work looked another way and he was still doing film photography still you know and so i thought i love the way he saw the whole picture in his answers yeah i also think there's an argument there for patience i mean Mm. i think that that's something that comes up throughout the book you hear really great artists sort of making this point over and over that you really have to think of it as a long game and you know just sort of see how things unfold and And not always be, you know, trying to dash to the nearest finish line. Right. So it's it's by uh, uh, design, coincidence, choice that the you're, the person who um, you were inspired by in terms of his book, Robert Adams, is also the first person in the book. It just happens to have an A. Did you go out of your way to avoid an A, B, A, C? No, it was just really <laughs> hilarious that... I mean, at one point I was a little nervous because it's like goes right from my intro <laughs> right. that ends with a very, you know, long quote from yes, Adams right, right into Adams. Adams. <laughs> no, it, it, it was just like, so. It, yeah, I just, we were cracking up. It was like, well, of course, of course, it's it's Bob. Right. But, um, and, and his, 
His answers are somewhat resistant in a way. Is that fair to say? Yeah, like, I mean, I'll be yeah. really honest. I don't, I don't think he, you know, always totally understood what I was asking. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's a product of us not knowing each other and not, you know, I would write to him and I would get written answers back. And by the yeah. way, don't think for a second that <laughs> I haven't, you know, squirreled away the letters that I got back from them, just, you know, have Robert Adams write Dear Sasha for oh, me was, yeah. you know, a lovely moment yeah, um, yeah. of fandom. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, I think I, I couldn't really, it was too hard to sort of follow, go back and forth with him. So we just let it yeah. stand. But but I think it's, I think it's valuable as well, I because I, I, I couldn't agree more, but I, I do think that the reason, I, I, I think <laughs> it's funny because I think it is a little bit of a, just a miscommunication but I don't think it matters. Right. I mean, I, I think right. ultimately, I was a little worried at one point, and my friends over at Aperture, just to give them credit here, were like, don't worry, it, it, it's it's still really great. And then, you know, once they said, don't worry, and I trust them, mm-hmm. then I was like, okay, it is great. Yeah. Um, and I do think a lot of what he says is just so fantastic. And, and, and you know, your this episode will probably be my 105th or 106th or something like that and i i have discovered in 106 seven guests actually up to 10 guests now um that there are there are certain artists who who are established and older and have a a narrative and a biography that they've worked on all their lives and they're they're very uh, um comfortable with it and and when you when you ask questions that are either questions they've they feel like they've answered in the past or or questions that seem like you might be challenging their own narrative, I think they push back. Right? I think that that's right, and yeah. I you know I think that that's fine. I mean, I think his sort of planting a flag, you know, where he plants the flag is yeah. really just so valuable yeah. that it it really winds up being you know his interpretation of things right. Where, and it, I mean, actually, his answer about um, thinking about other voices is fantastic. Yeah. He may, and, and I don't remember it off exactly of him, but he makes a reference to a musician. And I'd love to play the cello like this person, but I'm never going to play the cello like this. Right. So he actually has a, a pretty fantastic answer about that. Yeah. No, he's 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 amazing. Yeah. In terms of the questions, I don't think they're they're not surprising questions. Right. I mean, I think they're I think they're 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 good questions that I, I think of. Um, uh, uh, John Tchaikovsky's The Photographer's Eye, uh-huh. the introduction of The Photographer's Eye, where yeah. he says, every photographer who's out in the world deals with these five things, right? Uh, time, vantage point, frame, detail, and the thing itself. Um, and I feel like these are those kinds of questions, right? But, but on a, a broader level about yep. practice, right? And I, th- I feel like they're, the, um, they're, they're at the heart. And then, you know, Tchaikovsky mentions he's talking about the people who go out and photograph in the real, right? The real world. And in a similar way, so are you um, because of your the influences that you grew up with in terms of the kind of photography you Definitely. Uh, are, in, are interested in. And that is a big part of how you chose yes. the 40. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and, you know, there, there are some people who, you know, I think were hurt that I didn't ask them to be in the book until I sort of explained why, you know, they're not in the book and then, you know, because their work just didn't really fit. Mm. Now, look, there are a few, you know, stretches in the book. But yeah, for the most part, I wanted to work with people who are sort of more rooted in the documentary straight photography tradition. I I, it just would not have worked to compare. Mm -hmm. I needed 
it to be apples to apples for it to really work for the sure. the conceit of the book to work. So, you know, I tried pretty hard to to come up with people who would have similar practices. And then obviously I was trying to, there was diversity was very much on my mind as well. And mm-hmm. and I think I, I did the best I could. I don't think it was a home run. And I mean, it's so America centric, it's crazy. Oh, right. But you know, if, if I do another one, I'll, I'll try and be better in that respect. <laughs> I mean, this also started... This could be volume one. <laughs> well, look, I also worked on this book. M- most of the work was done before I was the book got picked up by Aperture. So I was just oh, wow. working on my own. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah so yeah. I was, you know, a lot of the interviews start with people I have relationships mm-hmm. with, right? I mean, I could reach out to people that I'm either friends with or I have, you know, more collegial relationships with that I could say, will you do this? Mm-hmm. And 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 so it's also, you know, sort of America-centric because <laughs> yeah. it's just people I have relationships with. You could reach out to right away, yeah. right? Right. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's how it started. I don't remember how many I had when Aperture mm-hmm. Aperture knew about the project and then asked if they could publish it, which of course I should say for me was you know just really thrilling because I yeah. I have you know so much love for that organization. So you you ask um, in the personal questions, uh, what was your first camera? Something mm-hmm. along those lines, right? But you don't um, have any specific question about equipment or things like that or what you're doing now this is something i i i tend to avoid as well because i, I find that you know what are you using question yeah. all not not that interesting unless it's specific to the the work that's being produced does that sort of uh, is that where you were with that as well yeah like, i mean you know i didn't want it to get i didn't want it to become a gear thing yeah. i wanted <laughs> you know i also don't by think, the way it would sell better <laughs> yeah right it would <laughs> It would. By the way, it is selling really well. Good. (laughs) (laughs) Number one on Amazon, it's category. Excellent. Um, Yeah, I mean, you you know, I don't think people are sweating those things the Mm -hmm. way they're sweating, you know, even just sort of these simple things like, can I go back and add to this body of work that I finished 10 years ago? Am am I allowed to do that? That's right. So I don't think people are, are struggling. As far as gear goes, by the way, just a little side note. You know, I ask when I'm when I'm in dialogue with artists who I'm thinking about representing, I will ask them what they're shooting on. Now, more often than not, that question comes into my head because I feel I really need to know for some reason. Sometimes I'm concerned about something. Right. So right. sometimes it's it's there's something about the prints that I think may be a result of the camera that was being used. Sometimes I think there may be a mismatch between equipment and subject. But yeah, sometimes I just want to know what aspect, is everything going to be four or five? Mm-hmm. You know, is everything going to be six, seven? Right. Like, you know, I'm just curious what the aspect ratio is going to be or something like that. But yeah, it gives me also a sense of how people work because obviously shooting on film, particularly medium or large format, is a much more contemplative and slow process. So it mm-hmm. just tells me a lot about someone yeah. who's choosing not to make a million exposures. Right. Oh, absolutely. You get a little sense of their um, history and I don't want to say capability, but you get a little bit of their knowledge of the the medium. Yeah. yeah I mean, frankly, I wish I have nothing against digital photography, mm-hmm. but I do, I do think too many people have abandoned film. Yeah. 
I, I just don't think it, you know, shooting really quickly and, and th that way of working, I don't think it's been good for everyone. Right. No, no, right. <laughs> so, yeah. um, but that's a whole different conversation. That's right. <laughs> it's a different, different ball of wax. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, um, you know, the one of the things about going through the book more than once and, um, and, and reading a, a, a photographer's answers is that you're not actually just learning about their practice. They're actually, by talking about their influences and, and other references, right. you get to learn about other people's practices yes. from them. Yes, it's really fun. Yeah. By the way, just going back to Bob Adams again, it's really funny because a mm -hmm. lot of people <laughs> reference him. Yes, that's right. <laughs> so he's, he's like the king of the book. Top of he's the He's the king of my book. Um, yeah, no, it is really fun to, to hear, you know, and, and read those references. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's really, really fun. Look, the book is really fun for me, which mm -hmm. is, you know, that's how I knew it, it was this was going to be something. When I started getting responses back, I was like, I, I mean, I was so over the moon. <laughs> like the first like six to eight I got back, I mean, you know, people in that, I don't know if I should be naming, but I, yeah. you know, people were like, uh, you know, Doug Dubois, mm -hmm. Greg Halpern, Peter Kaofis, Sasha Rudensky, Eleanor Carucci. You know, I loved reading mm -hmm. their answers. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was just riveted. And so every time I would get one back was just so fun. Brian Schutemott, Kern Hattelberg. I was just yeah. like, oh my God, this is so fun. Like yes. I was just having such a great time. Yep. And then I got an advanced copy of the book about probably two months before you all got it. And I was like, am I losing my mind? Or is this just so <laughs> friggin' fun, man? Like, I was like, this is, is awesome. Yeah. I was like carrying it around with me. I was like, oh my God, I can't <laughs> believe it came out like this. And, and so... I really, I, yeah, it's like weird. It's, it's, it's an amazing feeling to, it, look, I mean, I think I would have been proud of the book no mm -hmm. matter what, but right. I have this extra sort of giddy feeling all the time now about just how fun it is. Yeah. Like, that it's just such a well, blast. I, I, I had that experience reading Kathy Opie, Catherine Opie's answers yeah. to um, yeah. the idea of bodies of work yeah. and, and the way she talks about how multiple photographs, not not that the the project is there or anything, but that the multiples of photographs can start to create a narrative. Yeah. That's just a fantastic way of working. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's not that you have to have a project or you can't have a project or that you have to shoot randomly and see what happens or that you can't shoot randomly. It's right. that you look at the work yep. and you see the narrative starting to form. Yep. I mean, Doug Dubois talks about that mm -hmm. sort of concept with all the days and nights, his like opus on his family that he did over like 20 years, yeah. you know, about how he, th the pictures really told him over time what the project was, right. you know, I mean, I love that idea. I mean, that's yep. also goes to patience. And I don't know if Doug feels patient, but he mm -hmm. works in a way that's unbelievably patient. Right. I don't know how he feels inside, but, but his working method winds up being patience is a huge part of it mm. and it, it it really is in the results because they're so brilliant <laughs> and um you know so carefully considered and yeah. you know there's so many to use a phrase that alejandro oh, uses yeah. there's so many layers right i mean that's right. the thing yeah his answers able, are quite his beautiful answers too. are great yeah, yeah, dana yeah. lixenberg's yeah. are great i mean there are really <laughs> so many generous generous 
contributions well, in that, the book. Generous is such a great word because you could see the thought that was put in. Totally. And, and what you don't see, and I think something that can happen with a, a project like this, is you don't see the, not narcissism, but you don't see the self-aggrandizement. It's no. not about... no. It's not about, I'm going to uh, put on the best face of these answers. They're right. very honest answers. Right. And yeah. again, that was, you know, I, I told people, you know, that unless they were going to be honest and generous, it was just mm-hmm. say no, say yeah. I don't want to do it. <laughs> and because otherwise I might have to say this isn't going to work oh, and I didn't right. want to go back to put people. Put in that position. Right. right. So yeah. the people who agreed, and I will say that I don't know what the percentage is, but the vast majority, you know, 80%, 85% of the people I asked did say yes. Mm -hmm. But yeah, there were a few people who, who didn't do it. Mm -hmm. And that was probably for the better. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, most of the time I was told it was, they just didn't have time. But I suspect that for some people, there was just they did not want to be on the record right. with with some of these things, and that's fine. Yeah, because um, you are you are exposing your vulnerabilities. Absolutely. If you answer these honestly, yep. if you answer, if you're not just trying to be intellectually correct, that's right. You're exposing yourself. Yep. Yeah, you're, it's you know you, you're my dog rolled over for a belly rub. Yeah, <laughs> you're <laughs> you're being vulnerable. Yeah, um, that's so right. I have just immense appreciation you know to everyone i mean i really am so grateful yeah well um, it is fantastic and i'll i'll say this also it's fun to run the questions through your own mind as you're reading them yeah. and think about how you would answer right. them. Right. Well, that, that's, that's, that's great. You're using the book exactly yeah. the way it was designed, so that makes me super happy. Oh, yeah, and I've been in this game for a long time, yeah. and I love it. Yeah, yeah. no, yeah. that's really wonderful. That that really makes me makes me happy. Oh, well, that's great. Well, thank you very much for uh, carving out this time. Yeah, of course. It's my pleasure. Thank you for, uh, yeah, thanks for wanting to talk about it. Oh, it was my pleasure. All right, bye, everyone. Mm-hmm.